Hello, everyone. My name is Jen Payer, and I am so honored to be your host of the Wellness Sherpa podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Today, I have what I would call, in my mind and in many others, a legend. Um, I have the world-renowned Raymond Grace. Raymond has been promoting dowsing, lectures, classes, films, books, and newsletters for over 25 years and in 150 countries. He managed all of this without a day of college or a degree, without a suit and tie. He has no titles or letters after his name, but he is blunt and down to earth and authentic. His mantra is there is no substitute for freedom. So Raymond, I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm grateful that after attending several of your classes, you're actually a dear friend. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for the invitation. I will be very honored to be with you here today and you just lead off on the questions and we'll see where it goes. Okay, well, let's start with the basics. How the heck does a man who lives in the Appalachian Mountains who was in construction, end up becoming a very famous energy healer. Tell, tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up finding and learning about energy and why it matters. Okay. Um, I didn't learn a whole lot in school, but I learned a few things. <clears throat> and I remember I was sitting in algebra class one day, and the teacher made a statement that Einstein, according to the... Uh, scientists and medical doctors perhaps use only 10 percent of his brain and i got to think him wonder what he could have done if he had used 25 percent of his brain so was i had heard of einstein i had no idea who he was or anything about him but i started out on a quest that day to see what i could do if i could use more of my brain now i come from a very modest backwoods background and I really didn't have much of a place to start, but I started reading everything I could find, uh, mostly on the strange and the unusual, because that always fascinated me. And then I uh, was fortunate to meet a fellow by the name of Jose Silva, who uh, was the founder of Silva Mind Control. Well, I took a class, and it really uh, got my interest. Of we had finally tapped into a possibility of what can you really do with your brain. So I later on became a lecturer for Jose Silva and his mind control for about five years. And then uh, I got to thinking, well, there's more to learn. So I became associated with the people that do something called dowsing. Uh, which was, at the time was mostly used just for finding water veins under the earth. And then I also incorporated something called shamanism, which was Native American uh, spirituality. So what I then did was took the best of all three philosophies, and that's the class that you attended. Uh, we just put all those things together. And we're still learning every day. So what has changed from when you started? I believe you started around 1973. You started around 1973 with uh, yeah, yeah. the energy. Uh, that's when I, I okay. so, uh, with Silver Mind Control in 73. That's been 
51 years ago. Wow. So what's changed in 51 years on energy? Well, one thing we have either more or at least a different type of energy now. Uh, this started in 98, to the best of my knowledge. Um, around 98, I noticed the energy started increasing. I didn't really understand it and still probably don't. But the higher the energy goes on the Earth, the more we can accomplish with our mind. And the reason we couldn't do so much back uh, before that time we simply didn't have the energy to do it with. Now, I cannot really explain why the energy of the Earth has risen, but I started measuring energy pretty much around the Earth. And you can always accomplish more in an area of high energy than you can of low energy. And what makes low energy? For one, a, a crime district. Um, see, I, I do a lot of work for people. Uh, cleaning up their homes, businesses, whatever. If that place is located in a crime district, uh, lots of drugs, uh, lots of uh, crime going on, that's a very low energy place. So um, it, when we clean that place up, we have more energy to work with. And it is. I do a lot of this. I do a lot of cleaning up businesses, homes, uh, in ranches, uh, anything. Uh, first thing I do is measure the energy, see where it is, and then I have a mental list, which is quite lengthy, on what it takes to change it. And as far as I know, we can change energy pretty much most anywhere on planet Earth. And when we do, go better. Now, one of the things that we change energy in with real good results is schools. Most schools have notoriously low energy. And the schools in the uh, larger cities have uh, the energy there is a disaster. Schools out in the country usually aren't too bad. But the ones in, uh, in especially uh, crime districts, housing projects, that place, the energy there is terrible. And uh, you uh, you heard me tell a story one day, and I probably won't get into it here, except very briefly, of how I cleaned up a school in Carolina. And the bus driver that had contacted me that morning, crying because she said, I can't take these kids anymore. They're driving me crazy. That evening, she called me back. These are different kids. All I did was do energy work and cleaned up the entire school and the kids' homes. And when we did that, the behavior of the kids all changed. Wow. So really, there's no limitation of what can be done with energy. Would Probably you say not. Probably not. And so the extensive list that you use, which I, you know, you've taught in the class, the, the extensive list that you've used that you go through when you clean up energy. Um, how often do you change that? How often well, do you it, add to that or are things no longer necessary that you used to, to work with? Well, okay. You, we, we have a time element involved. There's not enough time to do all the things that needs to be done all the time. 
Uh, I do offer an energy clearing uh, every morning for uh, the people that want to sign up uh, for it on my website, ravengracefoundation.org. And I do that every morning for those folks that are signed up. But now, can I work on everybody's project uh, around the world every day? No, I can't do that. So uh, we we just do whatever seems to be the most important thing at the time. Okay, and that's what you focus on to clean up. That's what you that's what you focus on to clean up. Yeah, uh, uh, like I probably have a thousand people I work on every morning. Wow. Now that is not as an individual. I can't do that. I have to work on them as a group. Now, you've been in class, and you know that I don't know the people in class. I've never seen them before. They show up, but I do a mass clearing on them. The real truth is I do a mass clearing on them one to two weeks before they ever get to class. And I learned that by doing that, the class goes so much better. At one time, or for most of the time, I would wait till every coven got in class, and I'd say, okay, let's find out who lives in a haunted house. Let's find out who works at the local jail, hospital, uh, federal building, and so on. And then, as a, slowly, I would clean up everyone in there, wherever they happen to work, especially those in low, very low-energy places. And everybody could feel it. The entire class could feel it. And uh, I got to thinking about it. Well, wait a minute. This takes up a lot of time. Why don't I just do a cleanup on these people before they ever get to class? I have found that I've done that for the last two years. The places go so much better. People learn faster. Uh, they get along good. They're happy when they come in. And it's really changed everything. Now, I realize you're going to be, not you, but the, people, the listeners are going to be saying, wait a minute, you don't even know these people. That's true. I don't. Uh, I find that you do not have to know a whole lot in order to change energy. So how do I do it? I just simply set an intent to clear the energy of all the people that will be in my class on such and such a weekend. And it works It works quite well. Um, you don't have to know a whole lot. You need to know a few things about this uh, to get the energy started. But uh, you don't have to know everything. And um, I don't know where you want to go from here. We'll go wherever you like, but that's uh, off to a good start. Yeah, no, it's great. And I have there are two things that are just popping into my head. So something that you say in class that is, you know, so true is, you know, energy is contagious. And then something I've learned from you that I really had not anchored into my my mind before was that energy is like taking a bath. So sometimes you need to keep doing it, right? You don't just take a bath or a shower one time and be done. And that's very different than a lot of the mainstream energy teachings, if you will. So can you share more about that? When, what yeah, situations sure. would you, you know, do it once and it's cleaned up like a school? And then where, when do you need to keep doing the energy work? Okay. <laughs> it depends upon the place. For example, a hospital will need to be cleaned extremely often, maybe every day. Now, do I have time to clean a hospital for people every day? No, I don't. But if you have someone in the hospital, you need to clean it up every day while they're there. Why? Because energy changes. You're bringing more people in. 
Well, things happen. So anytime you're working on, on a, a facility that has a constant inflow of people, you will have a constant inflow of problems. Okay, if you're working on someone's house in a pretty decent uh, housing development, uh, low crime rate, uh, 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 no drug dealing, all that, um, you might can clean up that place, and it may last a month. It may last six months or long. So if you live way out in the mountains like I do, you don't ever have to clean the place up. There's nothing out here but trees. So uh, it just depends on the type of people and their activities uh, that determines how often a place needs to be cleaned up. Okay. Jail, you would clean it up pretty often. Um, but the fewer people and the more remote it is, the less you will have to do. Is there anything about doing it too much? Is there such a thing no. about you can't, okay. <laughs> you, can't, you can't overdo it too much. Um, but the best way to, to find out if a place needs work is literally measure the energy. Okay, we great. Get, that's, that's, a, that's a little bit complicated right now, but I always measure the energy of a place to s determine if it needs to be cleaned up or not. And mm -hmm. uh, every now and then I'll have someone contact me, want me to check their house. And I said, well, really? Everything's in pretty good shape. You really don't need any help okay uh so energy varies considerably and the more of an inflow of people especially troubled people like a jail a hospital an insane asylum is probably one of the worst places on earth uh those places need almost constant work uh a house out in the country with pretty good people you might not ever have to do anything to it okay Human beings and their activities is what affects energy. And if you have good human beings, they don't have a negative effect upon the energy. If you have uh, crime rate, drugs, uh, violence, that will tear the it'll bring energy down in a heartbeat. And so in those cases, you would need to do more work. You would need to do more energy work to clean those up on a regular basis. Yeah. Some places would need to be cleaned about every day. Now, when my kid went to school, I cleaned it up at first, and I I'm thankful one time was probably all I had to clean up at school in the five years that she went there. Wow. Okay. But she did not go to an inner city school with no, a lot this of was a, So you're this in was the a low out in the country where I went to school. Wow. And it, there wasn't even a town close by. I mean, there was a cow pasture in front of the school, one behind it, but uh, there was uh, two or three houses. <laughs> so yeah, it really wasn't a problem. As a matter of fact, uh, I didn't send her to school until she was 14. So when I went to school to get acquainted and introduce, to get introductions and so on, I said, I'm going to clean up your school. There's nothing you can do about it. I hope you like it. And uh, I think parents could do that if they would learn how. They could make all the difference in the world for their kids. And I've cleaned up uh, schools for a lot of other people, and their kids do better. The violence goes down. We have the ability to, to control stuff like this, but we have to take control of it. Mm -hmm. And one person can't do it for the world. 
I can't do that for the world. I can teach people how to do it, and then right. they can do it for themselves. And that, that's really my job, is not to work for other people, but to teach them how to do things themselves. Right. And that's one thing that I absolutely resonated with you on and love about you is you are all about empowering others to take responsibility and to teach them tools that they can use to have a better life. Right. I mean, that's, that's exactly right. That's mm -hmm. that's what you stand for. And I love that. So when you say you measure energy, can you talk about that and how that relates to the word dowsing? Because our audience may not know what dowsing is. Well, it's not going to be easy to uh, do that without a dowsing chart sitting, hanging up on the wall here behind me like I would have in a classroom. But we measure energy in increments of 1,000. Now, this may get a little bit too confusing for, for people that know nothing about this. So I have a, a chart, and I'll just give you a, a, a quick reference to it here. I measure energy in increments of 1,000. Uh, most houses uh, that are in a decent neighborhood will have an energy of twenty to 24,000, okay? And you may say, 1,000 what? And I don't even know how to answer that question. That's just a scale on which I measure. Uh, if you measure something, energy is one or 2,000, you know they've got a lot of problems there. Now, the more work that I do bringing things up, and I've get, I bring the energy as high, I won't even tell what it is because it's not believable. But when we get the energy up there real high, everybody feels good. They're usually healthier. You're always going to be healthier living in a high energy than you are in a low energy. So mm -hmm. one of the first things that your listeners might want to do is learn a little bit about dowsing, and I've got a lot of free videos out there on Raymond Grace's YouTube channel. So feel free to watch them. Uh, I do have specific uh, videos at RaymondGrace.us uh, that are a condensed version of the class. That's, that's the information that you were exposed to, what you learned in the class. We have some videos on that. But I, I have probably over 50 videos out there free that uh, talks I've made at organizations and uh, various places. So. Feel free to watch. Okay, that's great. Thank you for referencing that. So let's talk a little bit about health. So you just said that when the energy is higher, that health that we're healthier, right? Can you talk a little bit more about our energy and our health? Well, yes. Um, energy is impressed upon matter. Thoughts and actions are energy. Your physical body is matter. So people are affected wherever they put their bodies. The people that work in low-energy environments, jail, hospitals, uh, generally federal buildings, uh, those are really low-energy places. And those people, for the most part, always have problems. How do I know? Because they contact me to work on them. All right? A farmer is not going to have near those kind of problems. Why? Because he's working in a different environment. He's working out in the field or with a herd of cattle or horses or something. It's going to be all the difference in the world. So the more uh, negative people and environment you have around you, the more it is going to affect your health. Uh, wh why? Because, uh, already quoted, energy is impressed upon matter. And if you work with people that bitch, whine, and complain all the time, 
They will drag you down, especially if you listen to them. So I avoid listening to people like that. When I do a session with folks on the phone, I say, tell me in one sentence, how do you hope I can help you? And they start out, well, I went to the doctor back in 93. Hold it, stop right there. I'm out. Got one more thing. If you can't tell me in one sentence, please hang up the phone. Why? Because I will not listen to a lot of negativity. Why? It, it wears you. It can wear you down. So uh, another thing, please, I don't watch TV. Why? Well, first off, we're lying to you for the most part. And uh, TV has one main purpose, to brainwash the public. Well, I refuse to be brainwashed, so I refuse to watch TV. Another thing is I stay out of crowds. You saw me around, at the most, 45, 50 people. That's probably the most people I'll ever be around the rest of my life. Why? I avoid crowds. Not because I dislike the people. I just prefer to live back in the mountains where the energy is a lot better. Can right. we clean them up? Well, I do that in every class. The people leave happy. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, we can we can clean up groups of people, like the schools I was referring to. I don't really know how happy they got. I didn't have any further feedback on it after that. But um, for people that work in offices, where people gripe and complain all the time, that can be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm saying to your listening audience out there, if you will learn how to do some of this, and I've got plenty of videos out there to show you how, you can change your environment to a healthy environment. But you got to do something. If you do mm-hmm. nothing, nothing's going to happen. If you do something, something might happen. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the other things I've learned from you that is, again, different from what I had been taught in the past. I used to live throughout the day and then clean up my energy at the end of the day. What you've taught me is, no, clean up your energy before you go to an event or before you go to the airport or before you get on the airplane so that you don't pick up the crap in the first place. That's right. So, I so have, talk a little bit more about that. Two, that is profound. I have, I have two Army officers that will not fly on a plane as I clean up the airport. <laughs> uh, I have other mm, people. Uh, one is a, uh, I won't say who they are, but they are very famous people and they contact me before they will ever fly on a plane. I clean the airports up for them. Uh, I clean the hotels up for them, uh, before they get there. Uh, one is a, a very famous musician, a singer. Uh, I clean up everywhere she goes before she ever gets there. Uh, and it works. It works very, very good. Uh, and I'm very thankful to be able to do this because you can just make the world a better place for your friends by by being able to do things like this. And it's not difficult to learn, not at all. You just have to have an open mind. The mind is a lot like a parachute. Both of them work a lot better if they're open. So what can what can people do to open their minds? So you started 50 years ago and you were curious about how to use more of your brain. How can we empower others? What what are some tools that they can use to open their mind? 
Well, I can offer right now what did not exist back then. And that's a whole bunch of free videos out there on my YouTube channel. Okay. That's the thing I know to tell people. I mean, you can't go to Walmart and get this information. Because <laughs> they don't have it. You've got to look for where it is. Okay, that's why I put up a YouTube channel with these uh, various uh, talks uh, and uh, bits of information and so on. Because I wanted to help people that really wanted to learn to point them in the right direction. That's why I teach classes. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever want anybody to come into classes until they've at least watched a few videos. Right. Why? Because you know I what they're getting into. <laughs> yeah, because uh, they get their mind all boggled up whenever we start telling them about what all can be done. So I like to prepare them a little bit ahead of time and get people receptive. Another thing, nobody ever gets a sales pitch from me. I tell you what we got to offer, and that's it. Right. Uh, whether anybody chooses to take it or not, it's up to them. And you are one of the people that caught on fast. I'm really proud of you. I really am. Thank you. I was just so enamored with how you taught and what you shared with the audience. And again, the fact that you're so generous with, you know, 50 years of learning um, and bringing that out you know, in, in such a reasonable, practical way. That's what it's all about, right? To make it easy. And I have two more questions for you. One okay. of them is, you know, I find that people naturally keep falling back asleep. And what I mean by that is they get very focused on energy. They go to your, you know, maybe they go to your class, maybe they watch a video and then two weeks later, they forget about it. Have you, do you notice that? Yes, they, yes, they I know. That everything's energy. And then they will come back again in six months later, and uh, they just don't use what they learned. They attended a seminar, but did they apply? No. Right. You have to use it. It's not going to work unless you use it. So how can people keep this in the forefront? Is it So you talk in class about practice. Right, learning dowsing, learning to read energy, it's practice, practice, practice. What else can people do to keep this in the forefront that energy is really the focus, not not necessarily the human body or the physicality? We've got to look at all of it, right? Yes, but one thing is the first rule of success is think of what you want, not what you don't want. Because energy follows thought. Don't bitch, whine, and complain about aches and pains. You're simply giving energy to aches and pains. People ask me, now I'm older than dirt. And people ask me, how, how are you today? I have a standard answer. I'm older than dirt and tougher than nails. I don't ever complain. Why? Because when you complain, you are giving energy to what you don't want. You're advertising. You, you're telling everybody else. Whether you have a headache, uh, stomach ache, whatever, they feel sorry for you. They are contributing to the problem. They think they're being kind and being sympathetic, but they're really contributing to the problem. So if you got something wrong with you, don't tell anybody. So what do you do then? If you're not going to bitch, and if you if you choose not to bitch, whine, and complain, and I think that also relates to the words you use, right? Um, what do you do? 
you give thanks for what you want. Thank you. I give thanks every twice a day, every night and every morning for a strong, healthy body. Uh, I live way back out here in the mountains. I don't have to buy water. I have my own water supply. I give thanks to the water. I give thanks to the water every morning when I turn the faucet on. I still live very primitive. I cut my own firewood. I give and you thanks cut your own wood. You, you actually go outside and cut your own wood. I want you to come to visit the next time you come over to class. I'll bring you home with me for supper. You will see more firewood than you have ever seen anywhere. Uh, I've got at least a 15-year supply. Wow. Wow. All right. So, so uh, it's, um, I, I don't ever complain about working. Some, some, some people do that. I get up every day giving thanks that I'm strong enough to work. Mm-hmm. If I'm running a chainsaw, stringing barbed wire, digging post holes, Mm-hmm. I'm just thankful I can work. See, all this is attitude. Your a- attitude can either keep you healthy or it can kill you. And you're the one in charge. Mm-hmm. You got to make that decision. Right yeah. now, uh, I am younger now than my dad was when he was 39 years old. Wow. At 39. And he was talking about how old he was. I'm <laughs> 79, and I'm talking about how young I feel. <laughs> and how how young you act. <laughs> Let's be honest. So uh, it's um, our, our attitude is what makes us or breaks us. Mm-hmm. And we can be in charge of our attitude, but we have to take charge. Right. So, so really, you know, to sum, summarize from a health standpoint, we're healthy in body, mind, and spirit. And a lot of it, most of it is how we feel, how we act, how we think, right? And exactly, yeah. And the environment that we choose to put ourselves into and keeping those clean and high energy keeps us healthy and happy and grateful. Yeah. But the most of it, or all of it, is in the mind. Now, yes, I like it. I, I eat good quality food. I do not eat junk. I mm-hmm. have never been drunk in my life. I have never used any kind of drug. Uh, I got I, I got I to tell you the story. Uh, I received a phone call one time. I may have told this in class, but I'll tell it again here. Uh, it was from the Council of Aging from the governor of Virginia, and they want to ask me some questions. And I thought, well, this will be interesting. Yes, ma'am, I'll answer your questions. What would you like to know? What medication are you on? I said, well, ma'am, uh, I took an aspirin. It's been a little over 40 years ago. <laughs> and there was a long pause. And the next question was, um, how do you consider or compare yourself with your age and peer group? I said, a hell of a lot better. They all died. <laughs> so uh, let's see. It went on uh, a few more things. They finally decided they had called the wrong person. Uh Oh, they, yes. One of the questions was, are you fearful in your home? They, they had, I was on a list somewhere of having gotten old, so they thought they need to call and check on me. Um, so how do you, uh, uh, are, are you fearful in your home? I said, well, no, I've looked around in here. I don't see anything to be afraid of. Uh, 
I said, a black snake crawled across the floor one day, but I picked it up and threw it outside. It wasn't poison, didn't bother me any. Well, are you fearful outside your home? I said, well, ma'am, I carry a high caliber pistol. I hadn't found anything that wouldn't kill. So no, ma'am, I'm not afraid outside the house. So uh, they never called me back. <laughs> I have a lot of fun with those people doing surveys. Yes, you do. I love it. It's awesome. Okay, so last question. Um, I had asked you about your legacy, and you said, not sure I can answer that, but something that you have done worldwide is clean up water. And I do believe that is part of your legacy. So can you share a little bit more about, um, about that, about cleaning up water and how we can each clean up our own water if we, you know, change our mind, mindset? I will be glad to. Uh, let's go back 36, 37 years ago uh, when my little kid was about two or three years old. Uh, that's April. And I read that only 2% of the water on this planet was drinkable. And I thought, well, when she gets as old as I am, is she and her kids going to have any decent water to drink? And I think, i, I got to do something about this. I don't ever look for somebody else to solve problems for me. I look at myself to solve the problem. Well, I had been a construction worker for 35 years. I was pretty good at it. I built shopping centers, and I made a pretty decent living. But the world was no better off because I built shopping centers. All I had done was build the buildings, pave over 40 acres or so for parking lot, equal to a small farm, and we had created a place for people to spend money they didn't have at prices they couldn't afford to buy things they didn't need to impress somebody that didn't give a damn. That's all I had accomplished. I'd made a living at it, but that's really all I had accomplished. And I'm thinking, I got to do something else. So uh, I decided I'm going to clean up the water on this planet. I had no clue how I would do it. So I learned to clean up one little cup of water and it worked. So then I was asked to clean up a 23,000-gallon swimming pool up in Canada, and it worked. And they had people come and had aches and pains and bruises and, and cuts and whatever, and it, they got in the water sort of like a sheep dip, run them in one side and out the other, and they come out, they didn't hurt. The sores were healed up. And I'm thinking, okay, we've got something here I didn't really realize we had. So then I started cleaning up uh, therapy pools, and then I expanded a little bit, and the biggest project I've had is that big lake that uh, provides water for Perth, Australia, approximately 2 million people. And I was on a, a Skype sh uh, show doing that, uh, and that film is still out there somewhere. Um, I don't really know. I think it's called Awakening Within, if I'm not mistaken. Well, it was a very small audience and maybe 40 people from Perth, Australia. But of that 40, 27 of them sent me an email thanking me for making the water taste better. Now, you can't get much further away from where I live than Perth, Australia. It's on the other side in the bottom half of the world. So what did I learn from that? I learned that distance was not a factor. Hmm. So uh, there's, I have another film out there, and I don't recall the name of it right off, but I was cleaning up water in Alaska. And I had the person go get a container of water, come back, sit down in front of the film, in front of the camera, and take the, take the water. And 
I didn't need to ask them how it tasted. I could see the expression on their face. Their face lit up, big smile. So it's 6,000 miles from here to Alaska. Hmm. So what I'm saying is with energy work, distance is not a factor. I do, uh, I work on people in Europe, Australia, uh, every now and then India, uh, South America. Uh, and people will ask, why do you, how do you do this? Now, it doesn't matter if you ask me how I clean up water or how I stop a headache for somebody. The answer is always going to be the same. The word is intent. All intention. But you have to strengthen your mind before you can have a strong enough intent to accomplish something like this. Mm-hmm. And I've been working on it for 50 years. Yeah, and, and just something, uh, something I want yeah. to, to clarify on the water. It's not just the taste, right? You've actually had folks measure parts per million of things like arsenic in the water that dropped significantly after you cleaned the water, correct? That's true. That was in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan in 2002. I was invited to drop by and visit and spend the night uh, with uh, some people. And I didn't know why I was being invited until I got there. And the arsenic, according to the uh, Canadian Board of Health, I believe is the right uh, term here, said there was 47 parts per million of arsenic in that water. Well, I didn't know how to clean, take arsenic out of water. I had no clue. No one had ever asked me to do that. But I had one thing going for me. I didn't know I couldn't. So what I did, I went out there and I just mentally talked to the water. It was in a sealed, uh, where the well was sealed over. I couldn't get any water out. I couldn't put anything in it except thoughts. So I worked to uh, what I call neutralize the the arsenic in the water. Well, they had it tested. It dropped from 47 parts per million to 7 parts per million. And I said, well, that's not good enough. I will do it again. The next time I did it and the water was tested, there was barely a trace of arsenic in the water. Hmm. And this is supposed to be impossible, but I didn't know that. Right. You see, people ask me, how did you learn a lot of this stuff? I learned it from a bumblebee. (laughs) I really did. Because according to the law of aerodynamics, a bumblebee cannot fly. It's too heavy. Its wings are too short. There's no way that bumblebee can get off the ground, according to the law of aerodynamics. Dynamics. However, the bumblebee don't know that. It did not go to school to take a class in aerodynamics, so it doesn't know that. So it flies. Right. Okay. I didn't go to school to learn that I couldn't do things. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when I think about, I'm just going to close with a couple of things. When I think about the the modern health world that we're in or sick world that we're living in, right? There are a lot of messages or brainwashing saying that you can't heal your body, that you can't get better without, you know, somebody intervening. And I totally disagree with that. I've been able to heal in my own life by believing that I can and doing it, right? And just doing it and knowing that I can and not buying into the indoctrination that you cannot heal your body from cancer. You cannot heal your body from, you know, whatever ailment that is. And I, I love that you teach that nothing is impossible unless our mind thinks it is. That's right. Whether you believe you 
can or believe you can't, you're right. That's yes. a quote from Henry Ford. Yes. And I want to close with my my last favorite quote that you share in school is that see people as they are and they either stay the same or get worse. See them how they can be and they get better. Do I, do I have time to tell a story on that? Yes. Tell that story and then we'll close and then you and I'll catch up for a minute. All right. Good enough. I have a friend out in California and this was a year ago whose mother had a brain operation. I do not know why, how, because I don't uh, ask questions like that. But she couldn't walk, not even with a walker or a cane. The doctors were very concerned about her. I got a phone call. Can I do something? Okay, I'll try. The next day, the woman is walking without a cane or a walker. By the end of the week, she has walked four miles. The doctors are amazed. They know this is impossible. All I did, was I imagine. Imagination is a wonderful tool. Einstein said imagination is more important than knowledge, and he was right. I imagined her, me taking hold of her hand and running down the beach with her. The next day she could walk without a cane or a walker. All I used was my mind and imagination without telling her that. Hmm. And she did and she was on the other coast, right? She wasn't near you, around you. This was all energy and imagination and intention. Yeah, we were 20, at least 2,500 miles apart. And I didn't tell her what I was going to do. I just got a phone call that she couldn't walk. Okay, let me see what I can do about it. And that's all I did. I saw her as she could be. And I tell people, you, you argue with your family, you argue with the boss, people you work with. It's because you see them the way they are. See them the way they could be. Your life will be better. What a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Thank you for joining me today. And um, people can find you on YouTube, on your um, homepage, RaymondGrace.us and RaymondGraceFoundation.org. So I highly recommend I do the monthly energy clearing with you. I have been for months. My life is better because of it. My energy is better. My family is better. So I highly recommend you sign up with Raymond for a monthly energy clearing. He actually does it daily. Um, as he said, he shifted from monthly to daily. How many years ago? Ooh, how many I'm, how many I'm years ago excited. how many years ago did you shift from clearing energy um from monthly to daily maybe a couple of years ago three years ago oh uh, no it was when uh, covid came out and the world went crazy okay i was doing it once a month that was uh, what i agreed to do and i think wait a minute these people need more than this uh then i did it for uh, just a few weeks once a week and then uh i'm going to just do it every day i didn't raise the price i just worked 30 times more yeah so Absolutely. Check it out, uh, you know, and support Raymond's work. He's amazing. And what he's doing in the world to help clean up the energy and the water and, and people is just incredible. So thank you so much. Grateful to have you here and we'll catch up. Thank you for the invitation. It's been fun. I look forward to seeing you uh, sometime in the spring. <laughs>